Welcome to our weekly Wednesday Shir. Today is the Schus, my new Enochal, Malachi Tzalach. Bet Halevi Betesh. Baruch Hashem, we had the bris this morning. Very, very happy. Isn't to hate, Baruch Hashem. May his parents have a lot of nachas. Yiddish, Yiddish, Nachas. Langi Gesundte, Fredrich Jordan. Nachas from the baby, Nachas from his brother and sister. It's a wonderful world out there. I just got an email from somebody who received something this morning. I know, because they're in a group with me together on WhatsApp, and they just put it now on an email to send it to me that you must hear it. Um, Baruch Hashem. So, um, Baruch Hashem, Shalom Lang Gizun Tefreyl Chiyon. Also, Refuiz and Yeshuiz. As Baruch Hashem being blessed being Sandik today, ever so gratefully, my daughter and son. Son-in-law, give brachis. I'd like to wish Marachet Tzalach Ben Esther Malka and his wife, which is Zara Chayev Kayoma. I'd like to wish also for Nisanel Ben Chayev Esther. Yafa Bastaveda and Rechetzalach Ben Nestamalka. Okay. Okay. So may they all be Zechet, Zara Chai, Vachyama, Kinder, Kinskin, Metzem, Lange Gesundte, Freilich, Jaden, as my Schwieger, Zang, Stag would say, until Mashiach will come. This Shabbos is Pashas Nitzavim. Now, it's called Parshat Tzavim. It's within Parshat Tzavim Vayelech. We don't have what would make sense to say that Tzavim, Parshiyos Tzavim Vayelech. It's called Parshat Tzavim Vayelech. Since they get put together and they're laying together, Chitas is together. And today being Revi is the day that the bridge, as we call it, Connecting the two parshas, Nitzavim and Vayelech. There are Chukat Lula. Nitzavim means to stay up in order, to stand on the place, and Vayelech means to go. So the Chayda, you couldn't catch two more random parshas put together. Nitzavim and Vayelech. You may as well put together Kisaitse and Kisavi. You go out, you come back. The simplest, rawest explanation would be a yid has to be, a yid right now is in a situation in itself, has to stand on a place and hear a person needs to stand fa- steadfast and be prepared to 
accept HaKadosh Baruch Hu's words and a Yid needs to be a Hilech. A Yid can never be complacent and say, I'm, I'm good where I am. I have what I need. This mortifying, horrific expression. I'm good. I hate it. A person needs to feel, I need to get better. I need to do more. I need to get more. It doesn't mean one needs to always feel that I don't have enough money. Who is wealthy? One who is satisfied with his lot. And does not need to strive to have more and more. One needs to just strive to have what they need to live. And that has to be sufficient. But a person needs to be a hilech. A person needs to always be Mikhail el thriving, striving to go and to become bigger and better as a better Jew. <laughs> we heard a story this week, a marshal from the Benish Chai. A man was riding with his wagon. He had his horse, his buggy, sitting very peacefully with his reins in his hand, getting the horses to go. As he's riding, he sees a yid, a hitchhiker on the side of the road. And the hitchhiker says, Rabid, stop, please, give me a ride. Are you going to this town? He says, yes, please give me a ride. He says, sure, hop on the back. And the guest hops on the back. He hops on the back, and the fort. And he says to the fellow, he says, do me a favor, it's not comfortable back here. It's a tracel going back and forth. Besides, your merchandise is back here. Can I sit there next to you? He says, sure. Comes on to the wagon, to the front, and he's sitting next to the wagon driver. And he says to him, hey, I always had a taiva. I've been a poor person. Never had any money. Never had anything of my own. Definitely not a horse and wagon. But I always get hitchhike and get hitches. And, and, and I notice... And I always have this time to to want to be that man with the straps and and coaching on the horses to go. Please, can I hold the reins a few minutes? Man sees no harm. It's not gonna. The horses are trained. They're not gonna go running crazy. Go ahead. And he's doing it the same way he was doing it, nice and soft. And mefart. And they come to the town, and the hitchhiker turns to the balabos and says to him, Okay, you arrived at your destination, get off my wagon. The fellow says, Excuse me? It's my wagon. And they start a confrontation. And the voices start to raise, and people start to gather. And everyone sees this fellow holding the reins, and this fellow screaming, it's my wagon. Come to Bezden. Bezden can only paskin what Bezden sees. Bezden doesn't have for that. 
So Bezin says, the guy holding the reins is the guy who owns. That's all we could say. And Kachava, he was rewarded the horse and wagon. What kind of muscle is this? It's a horrible story. Rabbi Say, we all have a hitchhiker. We all have a hitchhiker within us, the Nefesh Bahamas. And we all have, actually, that, that poem that we're talking about that's going around. There's a poem about Tithus. The fellow had a terrible dilemma. There was Shavuos by night, and he was sitting by the meal with a beautiful piece of flesh in front of him. And he realizes, i got to say, ticking tonight, so this meat, some healthy piece of meat is going to help me stay up. But, he says, the problem. If I eat this meat now, when the seeking comes around and I can go down and I want to have a coffee with milk first, I won't be able to. Because I'll be fleshing. So he starts to, to debate between himself. Do I want the meat now or do I want the coffee later? They're both tithes. They're both something a person needs. A person needs to eat meat. The person needs to have his coffee in the money, I think. I'm not propagating coffee. This is not an advertisement for any kind of coffee, any kind of company. However, a person needs to get his perspective right. When the Nevisha Bahamas starts to push buttons, we let him come for the ride. Not always, unfortunately, do we eat a piece of meat or a piece of bread or a piece of fish with all the proper kavonis that HaKadosh Baruch has instilled within us. Sometimes we do it because it tastes good and because we have a taiva, believe it or not. Not all of us, some of us do that. No, in that case, the Nefesh Bahamas has a little bit of a, a shlita on us. But the Marshal tells us that the Nefesh Bahamas got on your wagon. You could let him even sit next to you on the front, but never give him the reins. Don't let him hold on to the reins. Because once a person holds the reins, that is the proof of ownership. And we're not allowing the Yitzhahara, the Nefesh Bahamas, to become the owner here. We need to see to it that we keep our self-respect and our ownership and our rights. And therefore, as the first parasha begins, Atem Nitzav Mayim Kulchem, Lefnei Hashem Alekechem, and then it's off all different levels of people. Rashechem, Shivtechem, Ziknechem, Shaitrechem. And on top of that it says, Kailish Yisro. And then it continues. 
תפכם נשיכם וגרך שבשלך וכלב מחנך וחייתם ויצחך שממך everybody possible that can be mentioned is mentioned here for what? לאוברך בבריס השם אלוקיך so you may enter to the covenant to the bris with Hashem your God everyone was brought together now we're going to discuss the different lashenas of the Eden being brought together to hear the words of Meshach Rabbeinu Pashas Nitzavim is always the Shabbos before Rosh Hashanah right away everybody's going to start taking out their calendars and looking wait a minute how could that be this is Shabbos when is Rosh Hashanah Rosh Hashanah is the next Shabbos actually so the Shabbos before is Pashas Nitzavim So we must say there's an implication in Pashas Nitzavim that connects and addresses Rosh Hashanah. And by laning Pashas Nitzavim, this enables us to experience Yom Tis the way it should be. The first psukim we read, who was gathered here? Everything, everyone across the board. To enter into this covenant, to enter this bris Hashem. And the Torah does not differentiate and does not say only these people, only those people, from the leaders to the water carriers. What for? When two friends get into a relationship, a friendship, and they are very, very close, and it becomes to an extent where they both feel this is forever and can never end, they can never dissipate, and can never fall apart, they make a pact, a covenant. So that if Chas something sours, something goes wrong, something gets off a little bit, it'll bounce back. They'll always fall back on. Remember this bris. Remember this pact that we made. Remember how we said, forever. Remember how we said, unconditionally we will never part nothing will ever come between us this is essentially the theme of Rosh Hashanah every Rosh Hashanah we renew our pact our bris with Ebishter On Rosh Hashanah, when we call out Tamichun Yalechem, the Ebishter is going to rule over us, we crown him to become our leader, our king, and his love for God is so strong. This is after a full month of tshuva, 
Chodesh El, where we went through all these trials, tribulations, and we pushed ourselves to do tshuva, we are now ready for Rosh Hashanah to crown HaKadosh Baruch Hu as our King. And we commit ourselves to HaKadosh Baruch Hu unconditionally. No matter what we see, hear, or understand and learn, we are accepting the yoke of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And we pray that HaKadosh Baruch Hu will do it the other way, as ra- way as, the other way around as well. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu too will commit to us the same way unconditionally. And there are times where in the course of the year, unfortunately, we don't show that we love HaKadosh Baruch Hu that much. Unfortunately, our love looks like or feels like almost it's waning waning it's dissipating it's failing it's lacking even if that is the situation we are davening that HaKadosh Baruch Hu will unconditionally still accept us embrace us and love us but in that time when we make such a pact, Klal Yisrael needs to be one. We need to be united without fail. Just as the people did here, men, women, children, etc. across the board. The elders, the converts. For in order to evoke HaKadosh Baruch Hu's unconditional love, we need to behave in a manner that transcends any reason or conditions. And we do this by showing our love, respect, sincereness for our fellow Jews, despite our understandable differences. The purpose here again, as we say, As explained, the Yidin are enlisted at this point, Atem Nitzavim, as a guarantor to his fellow Jew. Rashi says that the Chachamim taught us, Kol Yisrael and even Zelazev, you keep your score at home, the Gemara Shavuos, Lamit Tesam and Aleph, 39 side A. Every Jew, all of Israel are guarantors one for the other. Each Jew takes a personal responsibility for his fellow Jews' actions and behavior. What's a guarantor? What's a guarantor? A guarantor is a person comes for a loan and he needs to borrow money or for business, either for business or for personal, for whatever it might be. And the fellow says to him, and how are you going to pay me back? The fellow was applying for immigration back in Europe. 
and they asked him, how are you going to support yourself in America? We don't need more people that don't have any money, they'll be beggared on the streets. So he says, how will I support myself? Oh, oh. He says, tell me, did you ever hear of a company, Singer? He says, what Singer? Singer is a sewing machine company. They have sewing machines in the entire world. Everybody uses, if you want to use a good sewing machine, you use the Singer sewing machine. Did you ever hear of such a company? He says, yeah. My uncle in America. The guy says, wow. Your uncle in America owns the company Singer? He says, no. He sews on one of such machines. A guarantor. He's going to back me. Anything I need, he's going to take care of. A guarantor stands up and says, Okay, Mr. Bank, I'll pay you. If he defaults, I'll pay. Another off-color story of the fellow that had a Rolls Royce. I wanted to go on vacation. I wanted to go on vacation. He's going away for a month. He's going away for a month. So he came to the bank. He said, I'd like to borrow $5,000. He said, you need $5,000. You're a multimillionaire. He said, I know, but I need to borrow. You know, happens. Okay. And I'll tell you what, I'll leave you my Rolls Royce as a guarantee. A guarantee. Don't pay back and sell it. It's five thousand dollars for a Rolls Royce. It's worth sixty, eighty, a hundred thousand. Yeah. Bank says no problem. Five thousand dollars for a month. Interest is raised twenty-seven dollars, fifty dollars, whatever it is. Fine. Fellow comes back from vacation, and he comes into the bank. He gives him the five thousand dollars plus the interest of twenty-seven and fifty dollars. And he gives him the keys to the Rolls Royce and he's about to drive out and he says, excuse me, can I ask you a question? He says, sure. He says, why did you need the $5,000? He says, I didn't. So why did you take it and leave your Rolls Royce as a guarantee? He says, where else can I park a Rolls Royce for a whole month for $27? <laughs> guarantee. A guarantor, one Jew guarantees a guarantor for another Yid. The wealthy person, the guarantor for the poor, but who's the poor man is not going to be a guarantor for a rich one. But yet, yet, as we said, the Yamada tells us, we are all guarantors one for another. Evidently, each and every yid, irrelevant of their status or stature, or your heads, has a unique strength that qualifies them as a guarantor for another yid. The Alter explains in the Kutetera. Jewish nation is one complete figure.
like a human body. Every limb and organ completes and complements the other. The head and brain are technically superior to the other parts of the body. Yet the legs support, they give the body mobility. Even the head can't walk without the feet. The ankle, the heel, if it lifts up, it lifts up the entire body, including the head, the heart, the it's the lowest part. It's the lowest part. And yet, it shows us that it supports the entire body. Similarly, every single Jew has a quality with which he and only he can serve as a guarantor for the rest of Kal Yisrael. And because his extraordinary strength in that particular area of observance, he is able to bring this about and bring this into fruition. But Akadosh Baruch Hu says, and this is extremely, extremely relevant to us, the words of Moshe, V'la'yitchem levatchem not only with you am I making this covenant, this swear, this oath. Those are standing with us here today before God. Those who are not here with us. say, wouldn't it be wonderful? You come to shul and someone says, hey, you're getting maftir. So that's fantastic. Yeah, but Chaim bought it. Chaim bought it for me? He says, no. Yes, Chaim bought it for you, but he said you're paying. Where does he have a right to come off and to guarantee my money, to offer my money, to offer my services. Where does he come? To, how does this come to him? What? what so how could we say here that this covenant, this bris, and this oath? This is made for someone who's not even here. Which is not here with us. Mm-hmm. And what does it mean, those that are not here? Who are we referring to? There are many different mefarshim. 
Rashi says, even the future generations. And the first from ask, how? How can this become binding to other generations that are not here? People that are not here, ready to accept, and not able to say, I don't want. So there are various Mepharshim that explain how does this work that it could be binding upon people who are not even born yet, Gatim that have not yet converted because they were still Goyim, Going back to the Gemara again in Shavuos, Tess Amir Aleph. Some explain all the Neshamas were there. Just like by Matan at this stage, at this point, at this junction, all Neshamas were there. Their bodies were not, but the Neshamas were. The souls were. Others explain, since the child is a continuation of the parents, child is the foot or leg of their father. So the future generations were contained within those that were present and here, because they're part of the rest of the people that are here. And thereby they're automatically included. Rashi doesn't use this. Rashi doesn't use this explanation. Neither of these. Rashi doesn't use any explanation. If Rashi, who talks Pshuta Shamikra, the simple explanation of the Pasuk, did not find this relevant or necessary to talk about, there must be totally different ways to rationalize what's going on. Rashi is of the opinion HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and everybody understands and agrees to this, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not bound to a time or a place. There's no natural limitations of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. No time restraint of which HaKadosh Baruch Hu exists in. And therefore, since we don't really understand creation, I definitely don't understand God per se, how, what, and when, We sit here or stand here today clueless as to how HaKadosh Baruch Hu is making everything around us, within us, and ex- keeps it existing. And it only exists because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is giving it koiches. We don't understand that. We cannot grasp that with our mind. We need to understand that HaKadosh Baruch Hu 
has a constant focus, control, and total existence of the world, of past, present, and future. HaKadosh Baruch Hu's name, Havaya Yudkei Vovkei, comprises the words Hoyo, Hoive, Vayiye. And therefore, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu talks about future generations, the mere thought of the future generation automatically is there. Makes that generation appear at this time. Just like he's here now, he was in the past, and he'll be in the future. And we find this in the Pasuk. Nitzavim ayeim kulchem. Sorry. Imanu eimet ayeim. Standing with us today. Pai. Pai imanu ayeim. Standing here with us today. And those that are not standing here. And as we said before, that we said in the beginning of the of the, the Chumash, of the Parsha, Nitzav Mayim Kulchem, we're all standing here present. Everyone. Why again repeat those who are standing here with us today? We already said Nitzav Mayim Kulchem. Evidently, the Taylor wishes to equate. God's covenant is bris with the Yidden of the future generations and his bris with those present and emphasizing that they're identical those of the present and those of the future are the same so Rashi therefore insists Hi, Matchitzalach I put you to sleep? Good. Rashi therefore insists that the Yidin of the future generations enter into this covenant. Not merely by virtue of their ancestors' presence. Not only or simply because their Nishamas were there at the time. in contrast to the physical bodies that were there. Rather, every Jew for all eternity, body, soul, born Jew, convert, all alike, is direct and equal partner in the Bris Hashem, in the covenant of God. We turn our focus to the end of the Parshas. Meish Rabbeinu institutes two mitzvahs. Hakel es ha'om leman yishmu leman yilmedu v'yaro es Hashem alikichem. Assemble the people that they hear, they learn, in order that they fear God, your God. V'shomru lazis kodure terazis. And they'll be careful to do all the words of this Tera. V'yata, 
Another mitzvah says that Meshe. Now, kisvul v'chem, sashira hazeis, v'lando, es b'nei Yisrael, sima v'fiyem. Write for yourself the song, sifateira, teach it to the children of Yisrael, place it in their mouths. It's his last days. Chumash B'midvah spans until the days the, the days before Meishan started to dictate the Varim, which was the Chedesh Shvat of the year 2488. 37 or 67 days prior to Meishan's passing. So now in Chumash Devarim, Towards the end of it, Mesha is coming up with these two commandments, Hakel and writing a Tera. What do they have in common? Firstly, to allow the future generations to experience some degree of what Ben Yisrael experienced by Matera. Hakel, we replicated all the Yidden come together on Noshim, Noshim Vitaf. And they hear the Melech reading from the Sefer <coughs> Just like by Matan And they encourage the Jewish nation to be in one place and to listen to the reading of this data. And the king encourages them to perform mitzvahs and to learn. And to be true to the Kaddish Baruch Hu and Munah Pshutah. The Rambam says that everyone in attendance should view themselves as they were instructed for the first time regarding the Tera. As those hearing it now for the first time from HaKadosh Baruch himself. Similarly, when a person writes a Tera for himself, the Tera regards as if it received at Mount Sinai. It's Kilu Humamish kept received this Tera on Sinai. Keep his score home, it's a good one of Menachis. Laman of an Aleph, 30 side one. Say, why in that case do I need Hakil and a Sefer to remind us the same exact thing? To be good Jews and learn Tata and keep going for generations to come. Before the Eden received the Tata on Hasinai, They declared Naase Venishma. Will obey and will listen. They expressed their commitment to both aspects of the giving of the Tera that would take place on Har Sinai. The giving of the Tera itself, to study and know it, and the giving of the commandments within it, to obey them and to observe them. The mitzvahs of Hakil and writing a Sefer Tera 
shared purpose is to recreate the experience of receiving the Teda. Each focus of one of these aspects. Hakel focuses on invigorating our acceptance of the mitzvahs. Taylor articulates, in order they will fear Hashem, your God. And they will observe to do the mitzvahs of Taylor, the words of Taylor. The Taylor, the Sefer Taylor itself emphasizes, now write yourselves, write, it's, write for yourselves, this song teaches the Bnei Yisrael and place it in their mouths. Another entity of it, of a continuation of Teda. One of the famous Jewish singers, Avram Fried, has a very powerful song in this week's parasha, Ki Amitzu Azeiz HaShayanechim Metzav HaChayim. It's not something that's out of your realm, not far from you. It's not in heavens. It's not even a yom. Teda is telling us, dictating to us, how beautiful, how simple, how Wonderful it is to learn and to do mitzvahs. As as Moshe says, it's not far, it's not out of anybody's reach. Who has to go up to heaven for us? Just heard about when we spoke, we talked about the bris this morning. is in the maima of the Bismillah. And the words mi yalalana shemaima is the word is letters milo, circumcision. And the last letters are yudke vavke, which is Hashem's name. Therefore, when we talk about mi yalalana shemaima, who will go up for us into heaven, we say by performing the mitzvah of mila, by having the mitzvah of mila. This is something that connects directly to Agadj Baruch Hu. That place in the Torah seems a little bit of a guzma, a little exaggeration. We find the spies total exaggeration of the land of Israel. Arim Yudayleis B'tzuris V'Shemayim They were up into the heavens Rashi immediately quells that and puts the Ben Chamesh the Mikra at ease and he says, excuse me, they were just talking figuratively speaking. But this is not talking about any kind of exaggeration, any kind of guzma. So why are we talking about the Taylor not being in heaven, out of our reach? Why would you think it is?
rather this comes in continuation to what it says before. Tata talks about the Exile, the goals of the Jewish nation. There too he makes reference to Shemaim. If he'll be pushed away to the edges of heaven, to the horizon, to the furthest part that an eye can reach, and then some. just making reference to a very, very far place. Comparing it to the heavens and the earth. So we see therefore in our parish, it talks, the Taylor talks about Jews that are found, unfortunately, deep in the exile in the Golos. This distant Golos. And they perhaps could think when they're far away from Israel, as far as we are, it's almost like being in the heaven. They can go, may as well go up to heaven first. They'll travel to the moon first rather than arrive to the holy land of Israel. And then they can be Makai and the Tate and the Mitzvahs. Tells us that Teda lay b'shemayim he. Teda is not in heaven. It's not only in Eretz either. But it's karev elecho hadover miyed. It is close to each and every Jew, even the Jew in the deepest, darkest exile ex- of Golos. Deeper yet. We can say these words were said to a Jew also which is unfortunately in his own realm far away from HaKadosh Baruch Rahman spiritually speaking and he's totally enveloped by the physical by the spiritual exile so deep so that his actual essence, his Teda, looks like it's in heaven somewhere, or the other side of the ocean. For him the Teda says, Ki ha-mitzvah hazeis, this particular mitzvah, this is a very important thing. The mitzvah of tshuva, which the Pasuk prior to this says, Ki soshevel Hashem alekecha b'chalavavchol nafshecha. This mitzvah is not distant from you. It's in your arm's reach. The repentance, the tshuva, no matter how deep and how far a person has gone, it's not Pashamayim. He's not across the seas. As we said, But still in all, 
when the person distances himself so much, how do you tell him that his tshuva is so near, he can repent so simply? This all is gleamed from the fact that the truth is Teda Mitzvah cannot be distant from a Jew. And a Jew cannot be distant from Teda Mitzvah. Every Jew has a Kesher, a connection with the Primius, Primius of his own heart with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Not only that, with the Teda of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and his Mitzvah. This is the true essence. All that's required from us drive away the hidden forces. Drive away the falseness. Drive, break down the barriers that keep us away from things that we belong to have, that we belong to love and cherish then it will be revealed that the essence of this world is not far off, but rather Teda and Mitzvah are always right at our fingertip. Ma'oid! Ma'oid! Very much so, not just Karev. Karev, Mikol Karev. And since this is the essence, the true essence, We ask only HaKadosh Baruch Hu to reveal to us His true essence. And then we will see how simple it will be Lashuv El Hashem to return to repent. And when He didn't do so, Ramam says, Miyad Hein Nigolim Ligeula Ha'amitis Tashlim Immediately be redeemed in the true and full redemption. Mishnah says, in the beginning of Ayelach, Ben Meyav Esim Shonan Echia Yehim, I'm 120 years old. Leyuchal Eid Lotzeis Vilavay, I can no longer go in and out. We can't say it that Mesha became weak. Taylor says very clearly, nothing. So therefore Rashi explains what does it mean when he says this? I can no longer go out and come in Diritera. Why? Rashi answers. He adds, "Melame shenistemu mimenu mesudes umayones hachokma." Everything now became blinded to him and spiritually. You need to understand this. Immediately after that, Moshe Rabbeinu turns around and teaches us, "Vayelech hazino and vezeit habracha." 
So where is this weakness? How can we say this to Imenu? Mercedes, Mayana is a Chachma. Rashi is very careful. He says, "He says they call divrei hatera nista v'meisha v'seyim." Not everything in the tera was hidden from Mesha that day. Two two things only: meseres mayanas hachachma, things that are meseres and things that are inyani of chachma, the wellsprings of chachma. What's meseres? These are things that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave over to Meshav HaPeh and they're not hinted in the Teir itself, the Teir Shemiksav. What are the Mayonis, the wellsprings? This is the capacity, the capability to be Mephalpul and to be Mechadish Teir, to be Chadush Teir. To reveal these things, this is what was hidden from him alone. Therefore, Meshul Rabbeinu was able to add and teach these parshas to him, even though he felt the way he did, because they were still in his arm's reach. So in that case, how do we say that he actually forgot Chassashon Teira? We know the Mishnah Pekiyavis tells us Chassashon, somebody forgets learning Teira. Not a good story. Therefore it says, Ki'ilu Mitzchayi Benafshi. The reason the Teira is our life and the essence of our life is something that you may not change in any which way, form or fashion. Therefore a Jew feels forgetting something, Khazashon, is literally taking cutting off his lifeline. We said before this week mentioned is Rosh Hashanah. This month Shabbos we begin Slichis. Achino Asfardim are laughing and saying, This month Shabbos we've been doing Slichis for weeks already. You guys are just waking up to it. Slichas and Matzah Shabbos. has to be a minimum of four days, and therefore it starts Matzah Shabbos. We'll have Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We have a full, almost a full week of Slichas. Le'a du Reish. Hashanah cannot be on Sunday, Wednesday, or Friday, the first day of Hashanah. So therefore the longest Slichas can be is if Hashanah comes out on a Monday, we have that one more day. We begin saying Slichas this month Shabbos, usually say after Chatzis Halayla, and we now intensify our tshuva as we prepare Taka for Yom Ardin for Hashanah, and may we Taka all merit to Hashanah Teva Masuka, Ksiva Teva, Klal Yisrael, Arevim Zelazer. All of us in Mashiach, with Mashiach Zakeno, in Yerushalayim, in Akedish, Kachavis.